Dear friends, in this, my talk, I will be addressing a very important topic for our faith. The man to receive Holy Communion. It might seem something of secondary importance in relation to our faith, but it is uh, the very central topic. It is the very central point in order to believe in our Lord and also in order to hope that more people, especially those who are away from Jesus, might come back to him, the man to receive Holy Communion in the Mass. The traditional way is to receive Communion uh, on the tongue while kneeling, in order to emphasize the importance, the necessity of adoration before receiving Jesus. Uh, we also know that in the very first centuries there are but few references to the fact that communion was also distributed directly in the hand of the faithful. For example, there is a reference by St. Cyril of Jerusalem, 4th century, who is always uh, highlighting, first of all, the importance of uh, adoration before taking Jesus directly from the hand. Uh, we don't know actually how extended this practice was in the first centuries, but what we do know is that very soon the church switched to the universal practice, that is to receive communion uh, on the tongue while kneeling, adoring our Lord. And this is the universal law of the Church. Of course, we also know that there is an indult given to uh, distribute communion uh, in the hand of the faithful. This uh, permission came with uh, the Memoriale Domini in 1969, uh, but we have always to keep in mind that this is an indult. This is... Uh, a permission given to the Church, which can never become an imposition on the faithful, can never become a way to say communion must be received uh, uh, in the hand. And this is the case nowadays in this uh, uh, post-lockdown. We are trying to get back into our churches, but it seems that... Uh, uh, communion in the hand is the safest way to, uh, to, to be received, and then people must receive communion in the hand. Also, in, in, uh, in this situation, in this post-coronavirus, uh, if we could say that uh, situation, or post-lockdown uh, situation, we have always to keep in mind that the indult is an indult. And the universal law of the Church is uh, to receive Holy Communion directly on the tongue. Uh, I wish, in order to clarify this point, to also quote the Memoriale Domini, the instruction on the manner of distributing Holy Communion. Because though this uh, instruction gave the possibility to also distribute communion in the hand, 
the doctrine laid out in the document is reminding us of the importance of sticking to the traditional manner of receiving Holy Communion. Because it is not only about changing a discipline, or it is not just about favoring the participation of the faithful when we distribute communion in the hand. It is about manifesting the faith of the Church with the danger to, unfortunately, change little by little the doctrine uh, of the Church uh, about the most holy sacrament. So, the Memoriale Domini, 1969, says thus, This method of distributing Holy Communion must be retained, taking the present situation of the Church in the, in the entire world into account, not merely because it has many centuries of tradition behind it, but especially because it expresses the faithful's reference for the Eucharist. And then another quote from the same Memoriale Domini, which says thus, a change in a matter of such moment, based on a most ancient and venerable tradition, does not merely affect discipline. It carries certain dangers with it, which may arise from the new manner of administering Holy Communion, the danger of a loss of reverence for the august sacrament of the altar, of profanation, of adultering the true doctrine." End of quote. This is a paragraph that has to be taken into account seriously. Can we say that the change of this practice, which is now uh, spread in the Church, that is to distribute communion almost exclusively in the hand, has not affected the way we believe in the Holy Eucharist, the way we celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So for this reason, I would like to highlight with you, my dear friends, some uh, reasons why, theological reasons, why communion should always be received on the tongue and uh, kneeling in order to express our faith in the most holy Eucharist. Of course, the main, the, the principal reason to switch in the early centuries from communion uh, in the hand to communion on the tongue was practical reason, we could say, to prevent the loss, the waste of the fragments, and then the profanation of the fragments. But, as I said before, while thinking more carefully about the mystery that Jesus gave to us during the Last Supper, when he was betrayed, the Church discovered more and more about the importance of this the Most Holy Sacrament. And then the Church uh, taught us about the way to receive Holy Communion. We should, first of all, start by considering the mystery of the Holy Eucharist, the mystery of the Holy Mass in which we have this great gift 
of uh, Holy Communion that we can receive. So, I would like to make some points in order to, uh, to clarify, uh, possibly, the importance of receiving Communion on the tongue. So, let us start with the first point, which is a first question. Has the Holy Eucharist been instituted firstly to be eaten or to be adored? I think this is an important point to immediately clarify that uh, the uh, Holy Eucharist is the holy sacrifice of Jesus on the cross from which there is the, 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 the fruit we, we take the fruit of this sacrifice as we come to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. Yes, Jesus says in the Gospel, in that beautiful discourse about the bread of life, I am the bread of life. The one who eats this bread has eternal life. But in order to have that bread of life, in order to have Jesus, as the bread of life, it is necessary that a normal, ordinary piece of bread is turned into Jesus' own body. So it is necessary that the transubstantiation happens in order to change the substance of bread into the body of Christ. In order to change the substance of wine, into the blood of our Lord. And this transubstantiation is actually the making of the sacrifice of our Lord. When Jesus is offering up himself, he's offering his body, his blood. In fact, while instituting the Holy Eucharist, Jesus took bread in his hand and said, this is my body. This is my blood. So, that piece of bread is no longer bread, but the body of Christ. The body of Christ, which is the bread of life, which gives us eternal life. It, it gives us eternal life because it is the body of Christ. And again, in order to have the body of Christ, there is the necessity of a transformation to happen, a transubstantiation, a change of substance. And this process of transubstantiation, of a change of substance, is the sacrifice of our Lord. So, uh, the Holy Eucharist is instituted as a sacrifice in order to become the bread of life, in order to be given to us in Holy Communion. So the question, is the Holy Eucharist instituted to be first eaten, or to be uh, adored, or to be uh, celebrated as the sacrifice? It's important in order to see that uh, we can never have the bread of life. We can never be nurtured by Jesus if we do not celebrate the sacrifice of the Holy Eucharist. 
And from these, we can also draw the conclusion that Holy Communion that we receive is always the fruit of this sacrifice. And it has always to be received with this uh, uh, interior spiritual disposition to come to be partakers of a sacrifice. So Holy Communion is never just a bread that we eat, a blood or a cup of wine that we go to, to drink. That Holy Communion that we receive is this sacrificed body and blood of our Lord. And uh, as we make, uh, as we reflect on the importance of the sacrifice, which is prior to Holy Communion, we also uh, highlight the importance of adoration. Adoration is necessary in order to receive Jesus. We can never go to Holy Communion without first adoring Jesus. But uh, as we understand Holy Communion, by starting with the sacrifice, adoration comes along. And adoration is even more clearer in order to, uh, to be able to worthily receive Holy Communion. Why? Without the sacrifice of our Lord, there isn't that necessary adoration due to God in order to acknowledge His majesty and to be, as creatures, subject to His power of love. It is only through the sacrifice of Christ that we come to properly adore God, that we become properly religious people. To be religious means exactly to acknowledge God's majesty and to be as a creature, as a Christian, subject to this infinite majesty of love. This is uh, adoration. But adoration is possible because of the sacrifice. It is Christ, the Son, who, in offering himself up to the Father, brings with his offering up to God the adoration of all creatures, the adoration of all creation. And because of this uh, adoration that raises up to God's uh, throne of majesty, we can then receive from God all graces that we need for our life. So it is in the sacrifice of Christ that ascends to God as a very sweet uh, order of religion, of adoration, that we can be uh, able to receive all graces, to be able also to come into this uh, adoration of the Son. Without sacrifice, then there is no adoration. We have to respect this uh, hierarchy, this uh, succession. We start with the sacrifice of the Mass. We understand how precious it is to adore our Lord, and then we come to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. So, if the sacrifice is prior to Holy Communion, and adoration is uh, attached to the mystery of the sacrifice, 
how should we then receive Holy Communion? If we respect this succession, we come to understand that the way that suits the mystery of the Holy Eucharist, the, the manner to receive this mystery is to kneel and to receive Jesus directly on the tongue. Because by kneeling, we and by receiving Jesus directly on the tongue without touching him, we manifest this process of being uh, drawn into the sacrifice of our Lord. We manifest this faith, uh, this adoration that we, uh, of which we become partakers with Christ of God the Father, and we also highlight the humility of Jesus, who humbled himself, became man in order to suffer for us, to die for us, to abase himself, eventually by dying on the cross. All this process of humility, which is the mystery of Jesus' cross, the mystery of Jesus' sacrifice has to be visible in ourselves, in our own flesh, in our own body, by uh, accepting this humility of the Lord and by professing this mystery right in the manner we receive Holy Communion. So we nail and we receive communion on the tongue. In this way, uh, the banquet, which is also important in the Holy Liturgy of the Mass, the banquet is uh, the consequence of all this uh, sacrificial dimension of Jesus' life, the sacrificial dimension of uh, each Christian's life. So let us say it again. There is the transubstantiation which happens in the Mass, which is the very core of our liturgy of the Mass, from the transubstantiation, we understand the importance of sacrifice, the sacrifice in order to properly adore God. Otherwise, there is no adoration without sacrifice. And from adoration to the banquet, that is, to become partakers of that, that sacrifice. You understand, by the banquet, by the reception of the Holy Eucharist, we become ourselves part of that mystery, of that action. Uh, this is not something of secondary importance then. The way we come to receive Jesus in Holy Communion is the way we show what we are, what we believe. But uh, there is also another important point I would like to make in order to emphasize once more the theological importance of receiving Holy Communion directly on the tongue. I should ask now another question. Is the Holy Mass the Last Supper? I think that we have to clarify this point because most of the people believe that the Holy Mass is merely the representation of the Last Supper. And since the Last Supper was a banquet, the Mass is almost exclusively a banquet where we come and eat and drink. So if we have to come and eat and drink, 
uh, it is not important the way we we come to do it. It is important, it is necessary to eat and drink. This is why people also are very keen on saying it is just a formality, the manner to receive Holy Communion. What is substantial is to receive Holy Communion, regardless then of the way to receive it. No, this is not just a formality, as I said before. This is a way to express the mystery that we celebrate and the way we want to adhere to that mystery that we celebrate. So, is the Holy Mass the representation of the Last Supper? No. The Church has never, in her liturgy, uh, represented during the Holy Celebration of the Mass, the Last Supper. The Holy Mass is the representation of the sacrifice of Golgotha. Uh, sacrifice of Golgotha that was instituted by our Lord during the Last Supper. For this reason, it is important, I think, to make reference to the Council of Trent and precisely to the 22nd session of this important council. And this uh, session is about the doctrine concerning the sacrifice of the Mass. In this uh, doctrine, we clearly understand what Jesus did during the Last Supper celebration. I quote this paragraph, and then we uh, try to uh, explain it in a way more accessible to everyone. Uh, the Council uh, teaches thus, Our Lord Jesus Christ, that his priesthood might not come to an end with his death at last supper, on the night he was betrayed, that he might leave to his beloved spouse, the Church, a visible sacrifice, such as the nature of man requires, whereby that bloody sacrifice once to be accomplished on the cross might be represented, the memory thereof remain even to the end of the world, and its salutary effects applied to the remission of those sins which we daily commit, declaring himself constituted a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, offered up to God, the Father, his own body, and blood under the form of bread and wine. End of quote. It's quite a long quote, but uh, let us try to uh, understand the concept laid out in this important paragraph. During the Last Supper, which is uh, the celebration of the Jewish Paschal, festival. Jesus is actually interrupting that Jewish celebration in order to institute a new Pasch, a new Passover, his own Passover. So, in order to give, the council says, to his spouse a perennial sacrifice, a visible sacrifice of that one 
sacrifice celebrated once and for all on the cross, Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, that is in the context of the Last Supper, instituted the sacrifice of his body and blood. Body and blood given to us. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood shed for you. Uh, this uh, uh, Eucharistic sacrifice was instituted in order to represent, to make present each time the Holy Mass is celebrated, the sacrifice of Golgotha. So during the Last Supper, Jesus is uh, instituting a visible sacrifice, a sacramental sacrifice of that uh, bloody and once for all celebrated sacrifice of the cross in order to give to the spouse, to his spouse, the church, a visible uh, sacrifice, a visible uh, sacrifice and sacrament of our salvation. So that every time we celebrate this, uh, this sacrament, uh, we uh, share in that salvation that Jesus uh, uh, acquired for us. This is very important because uh, uh, we can never mix up the meaning of the Last Supper and the meaning of the Mass. We have to be careful to understand always the Mass as uh, in continuity with the Golgotha, with the sacrificial action of Jesus on the cross whose sacrificial action was uh, instituted sacramentally during the Last Supper. So in order to understand this even better, we can say this. If the, uh, if the Last Supper is uh, merely a banquet in which Jesus is celebrating perhaps still the Jewish Passover, it means that the cross is just the execution of a, a bad man. It is a mere execution of a, an evil doer. And uh, also vice versa. If the, the, the cross of our Lord is uh, not the sacrifice of our salvation, represented in each Eucharistic celebration of the Mass, it means that uh, at the Last Supper, Jesus was, uh, was just celebrating, celebrating a meal with his apostles. No. The Last Supper is uh, a Jewish Passover that with our Lord became a new Passover, became the sacramental institution of the new Passover, the, uh, the moment of our liberation from sin, making reference always to the moment of the cross, where we have the accomplishment of this, of this sacrifice. So if the Mass is not the Last Supper, as it is not, we have to re-understand that the way to come to participate in the Mass is the, the way to be on Calvary. And of course, this also makes a great difference on the possible 
on the manner we receive Holy Communion, we do not come to simply eat and drink in the Mass. We come to be partakers of that sacrifice. Again, the way we kneel and receive Communion on the tongue manifests this uh, profound mystery of the Holy Mass. In order to come now to a close, my dear friends, we have a beautiful example set before our eyes in order to understand the manner to receive Holy Communion. This beautiful example is our Blessed Mother Mary. Our Lady made her own the sacrificial dimension of the Holy Eucharist. Uh, she was always aiming at receiving that Holy Eucharist. Uh, even before the Holy Eucharist was instituted by Christ, in a spiritual manner, she was always desiring to be one with our Lord. That our Lord that she received in her womb at moment of the Incarnation. Our Lady was always desirous to receive Jesus, and we can understand how she was uh, desiring to receive Jesus, to be with Jesus in the same way she was, to be with Jesus in Holy Communion in the same way she was participating in the making of the Mass, which is the whole passion and death of our Lord, the best image that we can look at in order to understand the role of Our Lady uh, in the Mass and the role of Our Lady in our lives in order to teach us how to receive Holy Communion is the moment of Calvary. Our Lady being there, staying, without pronouncing any word, but just adoring our Lord at the foot of the cross as the very strong woman. And uh, in that way, in that adoration, she was desiring once again to be one with Jesus, to make a holy communion, uh, to be intimate with Jesus, uh, and of course, to be intimate with him in a, uh, by adoring our Lord and by receiving Jesus in the, in the best way she could, to receive Jesus uh, by uh, accepting his, uh, his sacrifice and uh, by becoming one with the sacrifice of the cross. Our Lady is co-redemptress. That is the one who participated uniquely in the sacrifice of the cross for our salvation. She made that sacrificial dimension her own life. When she received Holy Communion, by the hands of the Apostles. During the first Masses, the Apostles were celebrating after Pentecost. We can imagine that the same way she participated in the first Mass at the foot of the cross, she was also participating now in the Mass of the Apostles. And uh, she was, of course, uh, making herself so humble to, to adore first of all, Jesus, and to desire to be once again sacrificed with him. Did Our Lady receive Holy Communion in the hand?
can you say that our lady receive, received Holy Communion in the hand? If she made her life that sacrificial dimension of the cross, could she simply receive Jesus in the hand? Though she was the mother, she was the one who brought Jesus to life. No. She wanted to sacrifice herself as Jesus did. That's why she received Jesus in the most humble way she could. And this humble but great way is uh, laid out by the tradition of the Church, as the Church teaches us to receive Jesus on the tongue and kneeling. Thank you for watching and may God bless you.